Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Ryan Lozanis from Future Firm. Hello, Ryan. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Sean, doing good. Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely. And I'm very excited to talk with you more about your background and how you help uh, small CPA firms and CPAs individually as well, too. But before we kind of get into that, it would be great if you could share more information about your background and how you came to be doing the work that you're doing today. Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, you know, I'm a CPA born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Um, I uh, started my accounting career at a pretty small, typical, traditional CPA firm, uh, saw the inner workings of that firm and uh, uh, went to industry briefly after that. And then in 2013, I decided to start an accounting firm of my own. I wanted to start my own business, wanted to give myself a better life, give myself more freedom and uh, more opportunities, basically. So I started a firm called Zen Accounting. And uh, it was um, one of the first of its kind when I started. It It was one of the very first uh, fully virtual online firms in North America, really uh, centered around trying to just make accounting easier for small business owners. I identified mostly with the entrepreneur. I was an accountant, but never really felt that was an accountant. I felt more like an entrepreneur. And I thought accounting was just too painful Um, and, uh, you know, used cloud accounting software at a time when people weren't using it, met with clients virtually at a time when people weren't working with their accountants like that, and just focused on making it a pleasurable accounting experience and making it as pain-free as possible. I started it from scratch uh, as a one-man show with zero clients, having absolutely no clue what to do, made all the mistakes possible, and uh, probably got a few few of my gray hairs uh, thanks to that, but um, ended up piecing together a model that um, was far more scalable than the typical traditional accounting firm model. And fast forward five years after starting my firm from scratch, it was acquired by a large uh, European corporate services firm, which is a very interesting experience going through that process. And uh, in uh, 2018, I also started Future Firm, uh, which is the current business I founded, uh, which basically helps uh, accountants uh, and CPAs quickly scale a systematic firm that gives them a great lifestyle. So lifestyle is a very important part of the equation for me. I think if we can standardize the business model um, uh, of an accounting firm, uh, we could cut down on the workload uh, that firm owners have to be spending in it uh, and the time they have to be spending in it and and, and make the business operate a bit more like a machine. Uh, So I've been producing a lot of free content uh, over the years where it has to do uh, my blog, my newsletter, which has over 7,000 weekly readers. And my podcast, this is all free content, just helping firm owners out. And I also have my Future Firm Accelerate online coaching membership, where I'm giving uh, training on how to actually implement a scalable systematic model that improves people's work uh, uh, lifestyle. Coaching from myself within the platform and a a community of uh, hundreds of other modern entrepreneurial firm owners that all get together online and collaborate and share best practices. And that's all wrapped up in a, a monthly membership model. So um, yeah, I, I uh, hope I didn't go too long there, but that's a little bit of an overview of myself. Needless to say, pretty accomplished and you've been quite busy. <laughs> Thank <laughs> a lot you. Going on. And uh, I'll quickly comment uh, about Ryan's content. It's fantastic. Huge fan of the podcast and his newsletter is also excellent. So highly recommend both of those uh, pieces of content that he regularly produces 
I consume a lot of it and share as much of it as I can because there's a lot of really valuable information in there. Um, much of what you're talking about, Ryan, is obviously music to my ears as a fellow entrepreneur, passionate about uh, automation, technology, and accounting alike. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about kind of the transformation that you have some of these uh, firms and accountants that you work with make in terms of what do they, what are they currently experiencing? What does a day in the life look like when they find you? Um, and then what does it look like after they've started to take from some of the strategies that you recommend, some of the, the things that they've learned? How, what does that transformation start to look like for the accounts that are listening in? Yeah, so that's a good question because ultimately what I'm trying to do is, is help a lot of these people. And like most of the people that I'm working with, they're not looking to build like a multi-billion dollar empire where they have like a private yacht and a you know a private jet and they have their own isle, private island. Like they just want a good lifestyle. You know, they want to make a comfortable uh, living um, and they want to spend more time with their family, more time on vacation, and they want a business that doesn't drive them into the ground. And oftentimes, you know, I'm encounter, uh, you know, what I encounter are firm owners that are just ready to give up, firm owners that are ready to burn out, super stressed out, they're burnt out, they're just working far too many hours, they're spread so thin. And the issue is that there's just a business model problem in their hands. So what I help do is I help clarify, first of all, like, you know, what do you really want your life to look like? Because most people just get into business and don't even really think about it. And they just say, oh, I want to make more money. And, you know, but they don't really think about what they actually want to achieve. So I help them under, like, I help them actually clarify, like, what do you really, really want? Let's devise a plan to get there. Um, where I say, okay, let's start at the end. Let's rever reverse engineer what we need to do right now to be on track for that plan. And, and typically what I'm doing, the first thing that I'm doing is, is, is helping them properly value themselves. Because one of the reasons why I think people are so busy is that, uh, and why they're spread so thin is because they're doing too much for too little and they're not valuing themselves properly. So that's the foundation that I'm helping them out with is increasing their prices, you know, helping them package their offerings into something that could be delivered a bit more systematically. And once you have that working out well, you have more margin coming in, you have more headroom, and then you have a, you have a, there's a lot of directions you can take. You can hire more people, you can invest in more technology. There's a lot of things you can do. So the, the very first thing I'm typically doing is I'm helping them create that plan, create that vision to where they want to go, and then helping them properly value themselves so they're feeling better about themselves, feeling better about the business, giving themselves more money coming in, more capacity so that they could uh, uh, essentially dedicate that to other areas of the business. Yeah, I love that vision. Um, Self-admittedly as well, also a big part of what I'm always trying to do with my own work, but having had kind of similar background as well also, which I'm sure a lot of the accountants that wind up working with you and these firms of just the kind of the culture in the industry, right? And a lot of them that wind up working for sometimes a big four firm earlier in their career, they're you know infamous for churn and burn in terms of you enter or start working with one of those firms as an associate, especially during like busy season, right? Tax season for the most part, which we kind of just recently got over. It just, it's a free-for-all. It's crazy. I mean, there is no limit to the amount of hours you're kind of like either putting in or expected to be putting in to get to and through that season. And it's a, it's a real vicious cycle of 
you know, in, especially in this industry. So I've seen that kind of, even folks that once they stop working for those big four firms, they kind of take that culture with them and they almost expect to follow that repetitive process itself as well. Also, even if they join a smaller firm or go independent, I'm sure you see a lot of that too. Yeah. I mean, it's almost accepted that this is the way it is, Um, but that's not how it has to be. And again, I think it comes down to properly, there's a lot of issues, like it's a cultural thing, like you said, but again, it's not properly valuing yourself. If you're doing tax returns for 200 bucks or 250 bucks and you've got hundreds and hundreds of them, you know, that's going to drive you into the ground. I don't care what kind of model you have in place, but you know, this is not, uh, yeah, like, I see that far too often. Um, and and I think, you know, going back to that vision piece, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but, you know, first time business owners, like that was myself when I started my firm and many of the people that I coach, these are first time business owners. We we don't like, we we haven't really been we just kind of jump into business and we, we don't really think about what we really, really want out of life. And it just kind of snowballs into something at the end of the day. So um, I'm, I'm trying to help people kind of take a step back and, and picture what they really want and then help them pave the path to get there. Yeah. I like that kind of starting with that end goal in mind. I think that's very helpful as well too, because if you're, you know, if you're just heading a million miles in any direction, you may not necessarily know why, right? Is it, may have been what you did before, but that may not be the best strategy to get you ultimately where you want to go. So I like thinking of it from that perspective. It has a tendency to help with that forest through the trees problem where you can't really see where I'm going. I'm just too close to it, right? So I imagine your perspective is awfully helpful there. Um, another question I have was kind of oven related to, you, you mentioned a couple of examples already where you're doing you know large volume of work for low price point, which is you know, it might keep you busy, but it's also going to drive you crazy, right? So that doesn't really help. Yeah, that's a that's a poor way to kind of go about what it is you're trying to build for yourself. And I love this vision for enabling this healthy lifestyle, properly valuing your time. Other things that I would uh, add as well too, which I know you help people with as well, also is like increasing their leverage, being able to do more with less, uh, figuring out ways they can invest in like operational efficiencies, automation, and technology, which is a lot of what we talk about on this show and the work that we do or the work that I do. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that as well, too, because you share a lot of great, valuable advice there, which is doesn't need to be super complicated when it comes to like automation and tech, but there's a lot of little things that you can invest in, which are ubiquitous these days and offer accountants a really a lot of advantages of being able to improve the efficiency of the work that they do and make a lot of these tasks that were repetitive, very time-consuming, much more automated, much more efficient, and a lot easier on them, which is obviously one of your key themes. Yeah. So I guess what question do you have in mind there? I'd love to hear you talk more about kind of your strategy for these same individuals when it comes to evaluating the tools and resources that they use from a technology and automation perspective. Like what type of, uh, what's the best guidance or advice you have for uh, anywhere from the individual CPA up to these smaller firms in terms of how they should be thinking about improving their efficiency as well too? Like per se, if they want to be able to do more work, but they don't want to invest more time, which is a key element, I think, of what you're saying as well, too, right? Is um, I know historically and in the industry and culture-wise, there's an element of kind of just, we will meet the demand with like just throwing more bodies at it, as in we'll just invest more time, but that doesn't need to be the way that it has to operate. I'd love to hear you talk more about like what your best recommendations 
are for some of these firms to look where they can get increase their leverage and improve their efficiency by you know using better resources or more appropriate resources. Yeah, so obviously automation and technology is a very big theme these days for a lot of accountants and firm owners and you know that's the number one thing they're seeking is you know more technology, more automation because if we could just press that button our lives will be a lot easier. Um, but there's work that has to be done before we put the technology in place, in my opinion. Um, and, and that's why I always start at the offer level, because I think to scale a professional services model, you have to have a productized service where you can have a service or a set of services that are packaged in a way, in a similar way across your customer base that can then be delivered in a more systematic, uh, assist, uh, can be sold, marketed, and delivered in a more systematic manner. So I think that's really the only way to actually scale a professional services model. Then we can apply automation and technology to it uh, to, to kick it into overdrive. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of technology on, on automation. I really enjoy that aspect of things, but I think there's a bit of groundwork that needs to be put in place first before we can just expect all this technology and automation to magically work on its own. The other thing I would say is there's so much shiny object syndrome that I see, and I'm sure you see this as well, Sean. It's like, oh, I saw this app. I think we need to implement. I saw this app. I think we need to implement this. Like, It's just bouncing around between these different apps that come into view. And um, probably that's not the right way to do it. Like When it comes to and you're probably, you're, I'd say you're probably stronger than me uh, than I am in this area. But you know, there has to be some kind of reason. Like, it has to be part of your some kind of strategy or strategic plan or some kind of goals that you have in mind first for for what you want to smooth out before you actually start, you know, shopping for that software. Um, so um, there's just too much shiny object syndrome and just people like trying to implement apps for the sake of it. Um, so really, we have to think for, think back to, uh, to our strategic plan about why we need, want, want to implement these apps in the first place. Such a good point. I see it all the time. I'm glad you mentioned process first, right? Let's focus on the effective, effectiveness first before we get to the efficiency. People have a tendency to want to skip those steps and go right to that future vision. It's like, wow, man, I had that tool that would change everything for my firm. What you don't see is all the hard work that you're going to need to do in order to ensure that that's the right tool that you ultimately need to achieve the objective you're trying to achieve because you're, you may be skipping a whole host of steps, which are really important to see whether or not that could even be successful. And you mentioned, you talk a lot about this as well too, productizing services and productized services, uh, which a lot of great content you've produced on this as well. Also, um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about like, what's the best advice for folks out there, uh, our accountants and our, our accounting firms that haven't been thinking about productization all that much. I, a lot of the firms I connect with have heard of it. Many of them haven't started implementing something like that yet. Love to hear you kind of describe for them what it is and then, you know, um, why they should start thinking of productizing services and then what some of the first steps in that process might look like for them. Yeah. So the simple way to think about it is if you, and a lot of firms are doing it these days, um, where they're taking a set of services and features and they're packaging it up into what they call their bronze, silver, and gold plans. And these plans all follow a same kind of formula. Like they're already prepackaged. A client should fit within one or close to within one. 
Um, you should know, like, you know, your bronze plan should be like your entry package where any, if anyone, if a client wants anything below that, you probably reject them. And if uh, your gold should probably be like the max amount uh, of, um, you know, the, 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 the maximum kind of service level that you want to be providing in your firm and anything above that, you would probably reject them. And if effectively what we've done is we've now, um, we've now identified your firm's sweet spot, your, 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 the range of sweet spots. And um, we just want to be delivering within our sweet spot. And if we can do that, and if we can get clients all on the same kinds of plans and packages, we can more easily onboard them. We can more easily train the team uh, on how to deliver those kinds of packages. Uh, it becomes a more formulaic approach. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, when I started my firm, I only wanted to offer virtual CFO services and didn't want to do any bookkeeping at all. So we just had virtual CFO packages. But very quickly, we realized we couldn't provide that kind of work because we were always waiting on the client to provide us the data. So what we did is, as part of all of our packages, we then made bookkeeping mandatory and uh, our system of choice was zero. So these were all set features in the plan, which allowed us to then, um, you know, all clients had to take bookkeeping, all clients had to be on zero, all clients had to have a certain level of advisory and virtual CFO services, and they all followed the same kind of formula. So it, it becomes a lot easier to train your team. It a lot, becomes a lot easier to get the clients on board rather than a one-month onboarding. It's uh, rather than a six-month onboarding, it becomes perhaps a one-month onboarding. So everything can flow in and out a lot more easily. So, so that's really the gist of a, a productized service. Yeah, it's a fantastic framework for sure. And you've mentioned a number of different benefits leveraging it. I've leveraged it myself. It makes everything so much easier. And as you described the way you set up your firm, you really limited the number of combinations, structured it relatively well, which made that more specific, much easier to manage and scale to your point, right? So the custom, whatever it is you want to offer from a service perspective, that doesn't scale. One of the first steps to figuring out how you're going to be able to do that and increase your leverage, right? get some time back, increase the value of what you're delivering is to put these limitations in place, the appropriate ones, which then position it, position you better as an expert offering that specific solution to problems your customers have, right? Which is differentiation of and of itself. One of the things that I always find interesting is when I go, I play this game with myself sometime when I wind up on a firm's <laughs> website trying to figure out what it is they okay. do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, gets, uh, it gets difficult sometimes because the way I've always seen it is if you're offering everything, you're not really offering anything because I can't really figure out what it is you need because I'm looking for one specific yeah. thing oftentimes, right? So like, I think a lot of firms think that if I put everything and throw yeah. everything with the kitchen sink at them, I'm going to catch something. Like as long as I have it up there, they'll know that I, that I can help them with that. Yeah. Um, more than anything, that selection anxiety ends up overwhelming a lot of your visitors. So, so that's more, a really good point because... I give that precise example in a presentation that I did several months back where I said, okay, this is the example of a non-productized service. And I just flashed like a random firm's website. And I just, it's just a long list of services. And then this is a productized service. This is a firm that offers a productized and they have like three packages and that's it. And they're just selling their sweet spot. And the, the problem with a lot of firms is that they want the efficiency of technology and automation, but they're not willing to make certain sacrifices on the other end of things 
Um, like we, like you said, you have to create those filters. You have to be able to be in a position to reject certain types of clients. And you should be rejecting the clients that don't fit within your sweet spot. Like if you want an automated, streamlined, efficient firm, and there's these other decisions you have to make along the way as well. Such a great way to say it and excellent point. Thank you for sharing. Um, I really appreciate you being here, Ryan. I could talk to you forever about these topics. I, we've had a lot of great conversations and I'm looking forward to having you back as well. Also, is there any other advice uh, that you'd like to share for any of our listeners out here before I ask you a couple of closing questions? No real advice. I mean, uh, I mean, the big theme for me is always like growth is good. Scaling is good, but lifestyle is even more important. Um, and, you know, just focus on with the, you know, start with the end in mind. Where do you really want to end up in life? Your business is there to serve you, not the other way around. So where do you really want to end up? And then reverse engineer a plan to get there. Everything that we do needs to be consistent with that plan. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's uh, what's driven everything that I do. That's what drives a lot of the coaching that I do. Um, so that would be the, the last piece of advice that, I, that I'd uh, share. Fantastic advice. Uh, and the two questions I have for you, the first one is, are there any resources where you direct our listeners to where they can learn more about you, the work that you do, or anything that we talked about today? Yeah. So the number one resource is my uh, free weekly newsletter, and I'm just sharing tips, tricks, and content to help you create a more scalable uh, uh, accounting firm that also decreases your workload and improves your lifestyle. There's over 7,000 readers at, uh, on it at the moment, and uh, you can go to futurefirm.co slash newsletter. And for anyone that needs a little bit more help uh, uh, quickly implementing uh, any of the strategies that I talk about, they can go to futurefirmaccelerate.com. Thank you for sharing, Ryan. We'll link to those resources. And again, I'm on Ryan's newsletter. It's fantastic. I bookmark them all the time. <laughs> Go back and reread them because there's a lot of value in each one. So definitely hop on the list. Um, you won't regret it. And then the last question I have for you, Ryan, is uh, who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Yeah. So, um, you know, generally firms that are startup firms, six-figure firms, seven-figure firms that, um, again, are looking to create a business model that makes their life easier, that can operate more like a machine, um, you know, where they can scale the top line without subsequently increasing their workload, something that gives them a better life. Um, you know, those are the kind of people that I work with, you know, uh, entrepreneurial, modern firm owners, um, and yeah, so th those are the, typically the people that I work with. So if anyone's interested, just head on over to uh, futurefirmaccelerate.com to get all the information you need there. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing, Ryan. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. And thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge and experience with our audience. Really appreciate it, Th Sean. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Accounting Automation. I hope you found it valuable. I help accounting firms scale their profit exponentially without needing to hire any additional accountants. So if your firm is in growth mode and can't keep up, I'd love to talk to you more about how I can empower your firm to do more with less through automation and technology. To learn more, visit my website, nextstep.io, or email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P, dot I-O. Hey folks, Sean here, and I want to thank you for engaging with my content and encourage you to sign up for my free five-day video email course called Bottleneck Buster. 
Bottleneck Buster is designed to show you how to boost the profitability of your firm without hiring. You'll learn where your firm is wasting time, how to get that time back, and how to reinvest it to drive greater profitability. Sign up for the course at bottleneckbuster.com.